Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Awesome. Okay, I just want to say to you guys that even our guest speaker noticed, why is the crowd on this side? I'm like, I don't know, maybe we could have an altar call at the end. The middle is always a good place, because then we can direct our gaze somewhere, right? No, you're all disagreeing with me. That's totally fine. We're going to put more of a platform over here. And then you're going to move over there. <laughs> Feel a little rebellious streak in there. All right. Who's excited about tonight? Come on. The presence of God is so thick in this room. He comes through revelation. So when we look at him, we can actually see him and hear him. So tonight I want you to be expectant because he's already here. And when he comes through the word... There's like a double punch that happens, that I'm acknowledging you through revelation, but now wisdom's going to be built on top of it. So I want to introduce our guest speaker tonight, because we have a guest speaker. Yeah, exciting. All right, this is, well, you can stay there or you can make your way, depends how long it takes you to get here. (laughs) All right, this guy is Pastor Paul Frazier, and he is from Alberta. Woo! Yeah. Uh, Paul Frazier and his wife, Corey, live out there. Unfortunately, we've tried to get them to move here several times with incentives, and it hasn't worked. I even said, it's so pretty. Yeah, but not right now. Not right now, though. Oh, it's better than Alberta. You heard that right from the source. So I'm going to call Corey, his wife, later and talk to her about it again, see how it goes. But Paul and his wife, um, Corey, have lived in Alberta your whole lives. Yet four children, amazing children with amazing personalities that you would love because their parents are absolutely incredible and have great senses of humor. So good, good friends of ours. Uh, Paul oversees church planting for all of Canada, right? Yeah. We should probably just do an interview. We could. How are you today? Doing well, thanks. <laughs> How long have you been married? Uh-oh. 28 years. 28 years. 28. 28. 28. The pause was just sweet reflection on, man, I'm so blessed. Right? Okay. I'm going to... Paul, we bring him in every year because he also does coaching, and so he teaches our interns on coaching, and then we get to piggyback him in here because it's an awesome blessing, powerful in the word, and had been teaching and preaching for 28 years, long time, 28, 25, oh, sorry, lied, 25, those three years count, <laughs> all right, I'm going to pray for you, is that okay? 
Okay. Oh. <laughs> You're more spiritual than me. Okay. Father, we just thank you for Paul. Father, I thank you that you have anointed him with a word for this house and for these young adults. And so, Father, we just say that we receive the word into our hearts and into our spirits, into our minds. God, we ask that you'd transform us through the power of your word. Father, I thank you for the power of testimony. God, I thank you that it brings life and it brings hope. And so, Father, we just ask that over Pastor Paul, God, you would release life through the power of the word and through the spirit as he preaches and teaches tonight that, God, there would be new revelation built upon old revelation and that wisdom would be built and formed in us as we are hearers. So, God, we just say that you are welcome here and you're welcome, Holy Spirit, all over Paul. So, Father, we just ask for an outpouring of the anointing that's in him to flow through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lisa, and uh, good to be with you, and uh, really excited to share the word. And yes, from Alberta, and uh, we had minus 50 weather, minus 50, yeah. My uh, daughter-in-law's car did not start for five days. It was just like totally frozen solid. Uh, So yeah, we live in Edmonton. Uh, I'm not an Oilers fan. Uh, which is unfortunate right now because they're going to set a record probably for most wins in the NHL, like most consecutive wins. They're, out, they're at 16 right now. If they win, they get to 17. I'm a Flames fan, which is like, we're terrible right now. But it could be worse. I could be a... Thank you. Yeah, I could have been, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, really grateful to be here. Uh, thanks, worship team. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and then just for your hunger in the room, it's just really special. Um, and so uh, I'm just going to jump right in. One of the things I felt, though, just before I do, uh, I am in the area of church planting. And as I was just sitting there reflecting in, in the front there, I just felt Lord drop this into my heart. I don't know who this is for. Uh, maybe it's for some. I hope it's for a lot. Um, some of the best planters that we have in our Pentecostal movement um, didn't go the traditional Bible college route. And I'm, I'm wondering if there are people in this room that, that have a sense of ministry but are on a different educational track and you think, well, I guess God's not going to use me there. And I, I, God has a beautiful way of working these things out. And one of the things that I see God doing and he's going to continue to do, in fact, we don't have a future of actually reaching Canada without having bivocational leaders leading our churches and planting new churches, which means you could be a full-time mechanic and a part-time pastor. You could be a full-time nurse and a part-time pastor. Um, God has a way of working these things out. And and, and as I was sitting thinking about uh, all those who might be here in the room going, well, I'm in business, but I feel called a minister, or I'm in this, and I feel called a ministry. Um, and God's going to minister through you in those places, but I'm thinking more of the vocational side. There might be some of you that have thought, I actually have a stirring to be in church leadership, and I'm on a different educational track than maybe the traditional way. I want you to know that God still is at work in it, Okay. And for you, uh, I felt Lord just drop this, be prayerful and open, okay? He loves you too much for you to miss out on his will for your life. That's for everybody. 
but specifically those that you may think I'm, I'm heading down this track, I, I, but I feel my heart pull here. Be prayerful and be open, okay? So I don't know who that's for. If, you, if, you, if that's you or you feel that something maybe just sparked in your spirit, come talk to me after. I'd love to chat with you. Uh, and thanks for coming tonight. I know uh, for some of you, you might be starting midterms. I know my daughter has four this week, uh, so she's not happy uh, about that at all in any stretch like of the imagination. Uh, or you worked a long day at work, and you're here, and you're open, and you're hungry. And so I just want to say thank you. I- I've entitled the talk tonight, Do You Mind? Do you mind? And I want to talk about our thought lives and talk about our thinking and emotions, specifically, though, about anxiety. The reason I feel so strongly about this is, well, there's a number of reasons. Uh, As I was even just, like, looking at uh, anxiety, diagnosed anxiety rates have doubled since 2012. So in 2012 to 2022, they've doubled. But that is not the whole story because obviously there are those that are not being diagnosed. In fact, there was many, I think, there's such a, a high percentage of those who, are, who have felt that they needed some help with mental health and they didn't know where to go. They couldn't get medical help. They, couldn't, they didn't know where to go for help. Wouldn't it be great if the church rose up and said, we'll help. We'll help. Um, but we know that, that thoughts and feelings of anxiety... Um, are increasing probably with your friends, maybe with you. I guess there's a large majority of you probably have felt that the last number of years. Stats would certainly indicate that. I remember it was 2022. I was at a youth camp, and I was sharing a message on anxiety. And at the end of the message, I just said, how many of you in this room, about 300 high school students, I said, how many of you in this room in the last year have felt an anxiety attack or, or, or you felt a, a significant amount of pressure from anxiety. And probably 90% of the students put their hands up. And then we actually had youth, youth pastors gasp. Couldn't believe it. They're working with them all the time. So we know that this is, this is something that is, that's growing. Um, I have children. Uh, my youngest is 20. My oldest is 26. We have four kids, and we've, I feel like, and Pastor Lisa and I were talking about this, that the parenting has shifted. You know, when I was 17, it was kind of like, get out, go do it, figure it out, and, uh, and so that wasn't always great either, but, but just I find myself in, with my wife and I uh, just helping our kids navigate so much change, so much pressure. So much stress. And for me, um, it was probably 2019 when I first started feeling anxious. I actually had like a, like a panic attack where I was just totally flooded and froze. Absolutely frozen. Backing up even in 2013, I was pretty sure I was done in ministry. Just the pressure and the weight of everything in life, in our world. And that was prior to 2020. Something that I'm aware of even in my own life. I was at a pastor's conference. 
and the pastor was preaching about this, and there was about 5,000 pastors, spouses, leaders in the room. Um, and when he made the altar call, I've never seen a stream. I don't know, you know, people, you've been to altar calls maybe where you see just kind of people saunter to the front. And there's, there's, no, there's no right way to do an altar call, you know, so you can walk fast, walk slow. It doesn't matter. Um, I just never seen a stream of pastors just rush to the front. And so I'm very aware, and I know you're aware, that this is something that is facing all of us. And if it hasn't hit maybe you yet, it, it might. In fact, some stats say that by the time you're 40, it's like when you're, when you're in your 20s and 30s, it's like two, one in five or two in five, something like that. But by the time you're 40, it's one in two people have had a, an, an anxiety experience. So tonight I want to help you. Some of the things that have been helping me, even got a text from my wife this afternoon about, about something that happened um, with a family member, and I was like, <gasps> I felt it rise up again, and I had to preach my own message to me this afternoon, and so hopefully this will be helpful for you. I want to build off this scripture in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. And uh, I know Pastor Matt talked about uh, transformation through your thinking. And this is, I'm just going to pick up a little bit on that. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? It means that you bring all of yourself to the altar. You can't compartmentalize. You bring your whole self, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the true you, not a version of you, the true you. And guess what? God calls that worship. And it strengthens your relationship with him. But we know it's hard to be honest sometimes with God. By the way, your private life is already public to him. He already knows. And he already loves you and accepts you and knows everything about you. It's hard to be honest. I like what Brene Brown, she's an author, speaker, says, you can't actually have true connection with anyone without vulnerability. Think about it. You can't be in a deep relationship without vulnerability. And so to have a real relationship with God means you bring your whole self to the altar, and that requires honesty, vulnerability, and it takes courage. And I'm praying tonight that there would be courage rising up in you even now to respond, to open our hearts for God to transform us. That word transform. Formed means metamorpho, where we get the term metamorphosis. Uh, I grew up with transformers. I know they made a bit of a resurgence early in the 2010s, but I grew up with transformers. I think my first transformer was Mirage. Yeah, I don't know if anyone knows, but thank you for that. I thought I'd be the only one. Woo! Um, I remember uh, my Uncle George, who at uh, that time was uh, probably... Well, he was a farmer in his 70s, but he was still, like, farming full on. And, like, this guy was tough, and he's smart. Like, he could, he could rebuild a tractor engine transmission in the dark, 
you know, with one hand tied behind his back. Like, he's just one of those guys. And, uh, and he's tough as nails. And he, I remember a, a story that he had, he needed a root canal, but he, ha- he couldn't, he couldn't get, he couldn't take time to get his tooth out because the crop needed to come off. So he put in a pair of pliers and actually pulled his tooth out, stuffed a hanky in there, and took the rest of the crop. Like, this guy is tough, right? Maybe that, maybe he's not as smart on that side of things, but he was tough. He grabs my transformer. I thought his big burly hands were going to split it in half. We're not talking a, a transformer where the, this, this metamorpho where it means like a transformer transforms into a car and then back to a robot that it's already hidden within it. This word metamorphosis actually means like a new creation. It means like a tadpole to a frog or a caterpillar to a butterfly. And Paul the Apostle is saying the reason how you get there is unlearning. That word renew actually means return to its original state. So before you learned all those other things that set you on different trajectories that weren't part of the kingdom of God, that were never meant to be a part of your thinking, your acting, your doing, your believing, you have to unlearn those things and come back and relearn them. So thoughts are incredibly important. I was at a leadership conference many years ago where they talked about if you sow a thought, you reap an action. If you sow uh, uh, an action, you begin to reap a habit. And you sow a habit long enough and you begin to reap a character and you sow a character long enough and pretty soon there's a destiny. And it all starts with our thinking. And so if we want to have that mind of Christ that that Paul the Apostle talked about, you know, that mind that was also in Christ Jesus be in you, there's some unlearning we need to do. Uh, Last year I heard a podcast uh, by Dr. Karen Gordon, uh, Carrie Newhoff podcast. I know most of you aren't going to listen to it, so I'll just give you the overview. She's a counselor, a therapist, and uh, and she kind of kind of zeroed in on anxiety. And I just want to give you three things I think are going to help you manage some of this anxiety, some of this, some of the things we need to unlearn and then, of course, relearn with Scripture. Number one, she says, firstly, anxiety, uh, when feeling anxiety, focus on the things you can control, not on the things you can't control. For example, don't focus on the results, focus on the effort. Uh, I don't know if you've ever walked into an exam. Probably we all have. You're worrying about, oh, I got to get an 80. You know, I got to get an 85. I got I to gotta pass it. Oh, I got to. And, and you're so worried about that that you're actually not focusing on the effort. You're spending so much of your thinking. Uh, some sports psychologists say that, that, that high-performing well, high athletes don't think about the results at all. They don't waste any time. They spend all of their time thinking about execution. Execution. I, I'm going to be fo- I remind my kids when they're going in for a test. Hey, if you just study. Focus on that. Just keep studying. Keep studying. Don't worry about the results. Just keep studying. Work on the execution. That's the thing that's in your control. And stop worrying about those other things that are out of your control. So secondly, she said, anxiety is an emotion. And emotions are information. 
They're not good or bad. It's just information. And she said they're one of thousands of emotions. 2013, I talked about this. I thought I was done in ministry. I was looking for another job. Difficult season, heavy emotional season. I was on a sabbatical and I went to a council the first time. And, the, and the, uh, he's just kind of started, I started sharing some of the things going on in my life. He's, how does that make you feel? And it's like, your questions make me feel angry. <laughs> Good. No, it's not. He's like, because emotions are information. They just point to something. They're not good or bad. Sometimes we say, well, anxiety is bad and happiness is good. No, no, they're just all information pointing to something. I wish I would have known this raising my kids. Because I spent so much time correcting their emotion. Stop being angry, but not figuring out why they were angry. You know, stop, don't, don't, be, don't be scared, don't be fearful, but not understanding what was driving the fear. You see, the, there's always something underneath the emotion. Thirdly, thoughts drive how we feel. There's not, you don't feel something, you don't have an emotion without a thought underneath driving it. Could be a memory, could be a trigger, could be a thought. Many cases, it's a thought you can identify. Sometimes it's not, though. So anger, if you're feeling angry or worried, you can stop and go, what's the thought underneath that that's driving that? If you're sad, you're anxious, maybe even if you're happy, there's a thought behind it that's driving that emotion. There's not an emotion you have ever had in your entire life that didn't have a thought behind that. And why is this important? Folks, anxiety, the emotion, is not the problem. It's the thoughts we are telling ourselves that are driving it. Are they true? Are they toxic? Are they unhelpful? Now, let me just, Dr. Gordon really explains this well, and I, and I want you to catch this. I know I'm giving you probably a lot here right now, but I want you to catch this. What's the difference between a thought and a feeling? One way to differentiate the thoughts our thoughts are often a sentence. Feelings are one word. Even though we say, I feel like I'm not a very good person, it's not a feeling. That's a thought. Even though you've used the word feeling, it's actually bad English. So why is all of this important? Because you can challenge thoughts. You can't always, you can't challenge emotion. And you can challenge those thoughts that drive your emotions. You can embrace it and say, I'm feeling sad today. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling worried. I'm feeling happy. And you can embrace it, especially the things that are negatively affecting you. You, you, you look at those emotions and you say it's information. But then you can begin to challenge them and go, are they true? They're false beliefs, maybe, that you have thought about yourself or you think others are thinking about you, and it's driving an emotion. Let me give you some examples that will be up on the screen. I don't know if you've ever said, I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. Everything I do fails. 
Nobody cares about me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. It's all their fault. My behavior isn't hurting anybody. You see, all these thoughts right here maybe are even sparking emotion in you. I know they are for me. Why is this happening? I deserve better. I need to control everything in my life. If I could only, then I would be happy, successful, and powerful. It's too late. I can't change now. My past determines my future. If I had him or her in my life, that would complete me. I'm ugly. No one will ever love me. I'm stupid, dumb, I'm a loser. You see, these thoughts would all drive emotion. But what happens if these thoughts are left unchallenged, what happens is there's an agreement that you have. An agreement with these thoughts is what the Bible calls a stronghold in your thinking. You see, strongholds can be both positive and negative. Meaning good thoughts we agree with, scripture we agree with, creates a stronghold, uh, uh, creates a stronghold in our life. But the negative things we believe or we think others believe or thoughts that we have that, let, that, uh, that are left unchallenged, we begin to agree with them. They create negative strongholds. Now, a stronghold is probably something you don't hear every day, but a stronghold in the Bible times was a place that walls were built up really high to create a place of safety, but it was also a place to attack from, and it was impossible to move, so you had to capture it. So a negative stronghold in our thinking could, if it's present, could be a place that the enemy actually attacks us from. And he attacks and keeps us feeling the same way, believing that nothing can ever change. Paul, you're really dragging us down. I showed up here, the worship was great, and you just sucked all the air out of the room. But I got some good news for you. Anyone want to hear some good news? 2 Corinthians chapter, two, uh, chapter 10, verse 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Look at this. For our weapons of warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to what? Destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I'm surprised people aren't doing cartwheels down the aisle. That may be the best news you've heard all day. You see, these thoughts that have lodged themselves in our minds and our hearts, lies we believed about ourselves, maybe, or things other people have said, or things we think other people are thinking, and they get left unchallenged. The Bible says, no, no, you don't have to live that way anymore. Darkness, your hour has come. You see, we have the power by the Holy Spirit to take these thoughts captive, to destroy strongholds and agreements, and actually set you free. To think of, to think of a life to not have anxiety or anxious thoughts actually lodge itself in you is an absolute dream to me. 
And it's totally possible to live that way. But you have to begin to challenge those thoughts. And when you get that emotion, you stop and you go, what is the thought that is causing that emotion? And if it doesn't line up with the scriptures, I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to take it captive and see it destroyed. You see, the word of God is so important. You see, I'm I'm least anxious when I'm most in the word. And you can change. You don't have to live a life with these negative strongholds driving your decision making, driving uh, so much of your life. Paul was imprisoned, shipwrecked, beaten, betrayed. He pens these important words, such great advice back then and so good now. And it works. And it really works. And it diffuses stress, emotion, emotion, nervousness and worry and it says this in Philippians 4 6 and 7 do not be anxious about anything what I don't have to be no he's saying don't be anxious about everything I love the buts in the Bible but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and look what happens and the peace of God which surpasses which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You can actually have a guarded heart and a guarded mind in Christ Jesus. You can be like we were singing tonight about being the light of the world. You can actually be the light of the world when everything else in the world is chaos. You're bringing peace. You'd stand out like a Boston Bruins fan at a Leaf game. Everyone would see you. You just couldn't hide. It's like a public service announcement that something is going on over here. I have a guarded heart in mind. Why? Because I'm not anxious about anything, but in everything. In prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. You see... Paul the Apostle, with all that he had been through, experienced, he's saying, here's the wisdom you need today. A guarded heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And a heart in the Bible was the seat of thought. It was your mind, your will, your emotions. And in Solomon, or Proverbs, Solomon's giving us the best advice. He says, above all else, in Proverbs 4.23, this is like... So think of all of Proverbs and all the great things in Proverbs. And and Solomon says, this is the best I got. Above all else, guard your heart. For it determines the course of your life. David, before that, in Psalm 139 said, Search me, O God, and test me, and know my anxious thoughts. There's a beautiful thing that we get to do tonight, if you're game is you can act, God actually knows your anxious thoughts. God, I don't know why I'm feeling anxious. I do. I know your anxious thoughts. And why it's important to search your heart first before you start guarding it, you could end up guarding a sick heart. 
you end up guarding the very stronghold you want to get rid of. So what's next? Well, if we feel anxiety, that's good. That's self-awareness or fear or uh, sadness. Don't judge the emotion. Just begin to think, what are the thoughts that are driving them? And then break agreement with that negative thinking. Come back to prayer in everything, in prayer, in vulnerability. And be compassionate. I find sometimes I'm, it's easier to be compassionate for others than for myself. I have said things in the mirror that I have never said, would never say to another human being. And the Lord even brought that up to me as I was sitting in the front row. He's like, you need to break agreement with those things you've said in the mirror. What have you said to yourself? Maybe it's not the mirror. You're in the car by yourself. You're speaking a word, a thought over your life. Be compassionate to others, but also be compassionate to yourself. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back. Thanks so much for listening. I know this is heavy, but I, I just feel like the, I feel like the church needs to get free in this. And I, I just don't want you spending one more minute in that darkness, in that heaviness, with all the, that, that, those negative strongholds. And by the way, don't ever feel bad for believing. The enemy has been doing this for a long time. He knows how to trick us. That's why the Bible says that we're not supposed to be unaware of the enemy's schemes. Don't be unaware. He's trying to trick you into agreement. That's what it is. Dr. Karen Gordon said this last thing. She said, plans are a great way to reduce anxiety. Coming up with a plan can be productive and, of course, reduce that anxiety. Can I share some more good news with you tonight? God's got a plan for you. Hey, guess what? God's got a plan for you. You don't have to worry about what's next. Just worry about being obedient in the moment. Well, what am I going to do? Who am I going to marry? How's this all going to work? How many kids are we going to have? Are we going to have 2.2 cars or you know, wear beige and have vanilla ice cream for the rest of my life? Like, what am I going to do? Sorry for people wearing beige. Like, like we get worried about those things. But guess what? God's got a plan. You can just give it to him. You don't have to be carrying that. It's, it's, it's out of your control. But guess whose control it is in? The one who formed you. The one who knew you. Who knows every hair in your head, which is a quick count for me. What are those thoughts? What are those things you've agreed with? Darkness, your hour is over. Like, I just felt like there were so many things, four or five things that just confirmed what I was going to share tonight that happened in the worship. Like, wild. And I just knew God was going to do something special tonight. And it's the Father's heart. Man, if I could take away as a dad, as a parent, if I could take away the fear, anxiety, and worry in my kids, I would do it in a second. 
And I'm an earthly father. Think about how much more God wants to do it for you. We sang about freedom tonight, and I believe that there is a, some of you, many of you, all of you, I pray, that he was set free, and now you have some things to help you stay free. You have some tools. Philippians 4, verse 8, it's not up on the screen, but let me read it for you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I want you to close your eyes right now, and we're going to spend some time just asking the Lord to search us. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to the front because I think there's some that need to spend some time with the Lord at the front. For others, that might be just too big of a step. No problem. Stay in your seat. God can meet you there too. But there's something powerful. That, well, the prayer team will be up here. I'll be up here praying for people. There's something beautiful about agreement as well. So if you're in the seat and you, don't, you just don't, it's just too stressful or you feel just, I don't know about coming to the front, no problem. Just maybe find another person to pray with you, okay? But you should never, ever be battling alone, right? Never be battling alone. One of the greatest tools of the enemy is isolation and loneliness. No one else feels the way I feel. No one else thinks the way I think. In some ways that may be true, but in I have found when I have opened up and taken the risk to be vulnerable, I have found out that other people are thinking just like me, struggling with the same things just like me. So Holy Spirit, in this moment right now, search our hearts. We can't even search our hearts. Where, where, are the, where are the thoughts? Search me, O God, and test me. You know my anxious thoughts. Point them out now. Point out those anxious thoughts. Those things that are causing you stress. Search us, God. This is a spiritual discipline that you need to do for the rest of your life, what we're doing right now, where you just sit and wait on God. I know time is escaping us, but just for a few moments, just allow him to search your heart.
don't feel ashamed or embarrassed. Like we talked at the beginning, you bring your whole self to God tonight. Your whole self. The good, the bad, the things you feel ashamed about. Just bring them all to him right now. What are those lies or those thoughts that you've had agreement with? It's God's good pleasure to set you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there actually is freedom. Like real freedom. Like it's not holding you anymore. Just nobody looking around. Maybe you're here tonight watching online. And you're trying to attack this battle without Jesus. Try to do it on your own strength. I admire you for trying. But there's no path forward for freedom, not true freedom, without Jesus. Maybe you've known him, you run away, whatever it is. It's time to come back. To have him help you face what's in front of you, what's in you. And if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to start on the left. I won't take too long. Work my way across. My left, your right. Saying just a simple raised hand. Just saying, yeah, tonight I I just need to get it right with Jesus. If that's you, just put up your hand. I'm looking on the left, your right. Is there anybody here? Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Yep. You can put your hand down. Thanks. There's five or six. Is there any more? Looking at the center. In a moment, we're going to pray for you. For others in the room, Maybe God has spoken a thought or a stronghold or he's at least pointed you in a direction. Maybe it's a sin that you keep struggling with over and over and over again. And he's just kind of pointing. He's just kind of highlighting. If, if God's just spoken something to you tonight, just say, yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like he's, he said something that I need to explore. If that's you, just put up your hand. Nobody looking around just saying, yeah, I, I feel like he's speaking to me right now. It's good. Okay. I just want to know if we need to spend a little bit more time. We'll just take a few more moments. Just allow them to search our hearts. God, for those who have put up their hands that just wanted to say yes to you. I don't want to face life alone. I don't want to face what's in, what's in front of me and what's in me by myself. I've tried on my own and it's just not working. And so tonight I surrender and submit my heart to you. So you can pray that prayer. It's a, it's a choice. It's putting your trust in him and not putting your trust in anything else.
So Jesus, as you've done so many times before, if you've done for me and continue, you forgive my sin. You give me a new start. Your grace and your love and your forgiveness is extended to me. I pray for those five or six that put up their hand that you would extend your grace to them right now. Let the miracle of salvation, as they have said yes to you, let that begin to take, take root deeply in their hearts. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite you all to stand up. Thanks so much. If you need to go, I understand that, but, but we do want to spend some time in worship. This is an important thing that we need to deal with, and uh, we'd love to pray with you. And so uh, as the worship team just begins to lead us in that song, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands right now. Just, just even as we, we just kind of break uh, agreement with some of those negative thinking, which it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender. It's like we're not holding this anymore. Our hands are open. We're not holding on to this anymore. We're not holding on. We're surrendering it to you right now. We're breaking agreement right now with all those things. God, I pray that you would speak truth right now. I feel like there's some that God's going to drop a scripture verse even in your heart just to help you break agreement and so that you can make an agreement with what is true, with what is right. So God, just begin to speak right now those words of truth that you love and you accept us. I don't have to strive. I don't have to perform. You can't love me anymore and you can't love me any less. Fully unconditional love. I just receive that right now. We just break agreement with that. Negative thinking and we lean in. As it is in heaven. If you want to come to the front, you can come to the front right now. This is the invitation. We're not going to drag it out, but if that's you and you, you want to come to the front and spend some time with the Lord, you come and do that right now. Don't be shy. This is your moment. If you want to stay in your seats, find someone that can pray with you. But let's not be shy when it comes to these things. Let's break agreement and make an agreement with God and what he's saying over our lives. Let the kingdom of God come to you right now.